Hey, this is Dr. Craig Davies. We are back with another episode of Achieve Depth Radio. Today, I am going to be joined by a good friend of mine, Mark Blackburn, and he is one of the coaches on the PGA Tour that I have been fortunate to spend uh, pretty much the most time with uh, outside of Sean Foley. So I have the utmost respect for this guy. He has worked with some of the best players in the world. I've got to work with him with such players as Y.E. Yang, Kevin Chappell, and Chez Reeve. It's been an incredible experience. His breadth of knowledge is expansive. He has studied the game from one side of the field to the other, physics, geometry, movement, mechanics, force plates, 3D, you name it, he has studied it, and he is one of the experts in many of them. Uh, he has been a lead instructor for the Titleist Performance Institute for many, many, many years. He's been a top 50 uh, golf instructor in Golf Digest, Golf Magazine. He's been a multi-time winner of the Northwest Section PGA Teacher of the Year and a finalist for the National PGA T uh, Teacher Award on many occasions. Uh, he is the head of the Blackburn Golf Academy at Greystone Golf and Country Club in Birmingham, Alabama. And man, he has so much knowledge. I'm looking forward to this episode and we get to hear it right now. So this is Achieve Depth Radio with Mark Blackburn. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Achieve Depth Radio. These are the leading experts in energy, nutrition, water, health and human performance, fitness and personal medicine. If you're looking to maximize your mental, physical, athletic and professional performance, these are the experts for you. Achieve Depth Radio, this is not what's now, this is what's next. Welcome back to another episode of Achieve Depth Radio. I'm Dr. Craig Davies, and today I am joined on air. We're here at the World Golf Fitness Summit with one of the coaches who I've worked extensively with over the last few years out on tour um, and have had great success with clients together. I really respect the way he coaches and takes an individual approach to all his athletes, uh, wide open as far as his thought process processing and how the golfer can get better not only as an athlete but as a person i'm joined today by mark blackburn mark thanks for joining me here today bud hey doc how are you man i'm excited to be here yeah man it's uh it's great you know one of the things with you is we've had so much time to have conversations you know over the years working with our clients out on tour together and and so i'm, I'm just excited for everyone out there to have an ability to listen to you um, you know, you've probably had a number of evolutions uh, of your career and sort of your thought process and what you focused on. And, and now, you know, we're going into the next phase and, and what you're seeing with your athletes and, and how you're going to help other coaches, you know, based on your experience move forward. So I, I'm really looking forward to talking about that. But first, uh, let's talk a bit. One of our clients that we work together with is Ches Reeve, who had one of his best, if it's not his best year out on tour. Uh, this year and you guys have worked together for quite a while um, You did a presentation yesterday here at the World Golf Fitness Summit and he was part of your presentation Yep, he's one of the most accurate guys out on tour. He's not one of the longest, but he is consistently You know a top 20 like every week. It seems like he's top 20 and out there working with someone like Chez What what are some of the main? factors that have led to his his super consistent pattern that he has like, you know, what do you do with him and how do you structure practice sessions with him to allow him to excel in the way that he has? Yeah, no, so I think first off, Chez has really benefited. He, um, 
you knows that he was kind of on to me. Hey, I really want to work with Craig. Uh, he'd come back from a wrist injury. So I think, first off, you guys have got him moving really well. You and Atai on a weekly basis over the last few years. He moves well. And then, obviously, with Brandon at PFS when he's at home in Scottsdale. So yeah. the first thing I want everyone to realize is he moves well. So moves well for him, right? And so the first thing is he's able to do the same thing every day because he can move well. I think that's a very undervalued and underappreciated piece of the puzzle so in terms of his golf what makes him consistent is him really understanding what he does and we talked a little bit about that last night like every player has their own sort of identity and DNA and I think it's embracing what you do really like understanding hey these are the pieces that I have in my golf swing this is what makes me Chez or what makes me Tiger whoever you are and to really take ownership of that and know this is what I have to do. These are the little pieces that I need to make sure are all in, an, in a row, my ducks in a row, so to speak, yeah. so that I can play well. And I think for him, it's knowing that I want to draw the ball. These are some of the things that, hey, inherently I do well. Here are some of the things I don't do well. I need to make sure that I do more of what I do well. I need to be aware of the things that can cause me problems so that I minimize those. And if you minimize those over a period of time, that compounds together to make you very, very consistent. And week in, week out, if you know that your job is to put the ball in the fairway and put the ball on the green, his game is built on consistency, is fairways, greens. If you can keep doing that, much like Francesco Molinari, they have a very similar game, yeah. you're going to always be there. You're, you're, and you're trying to just make sure that you don't, get outside your comfort zone in terms of don't try and be something you're not. We talk about it all the time. We know Chez wants more speed and we're aware of it, but we're like, hey, hold on. We don't want to load this body beyond its capabilities from right. a consistency standpoint. It wouldn't make any sense. So, I mean, I, I think one of the things people need to realize is we're definitely a team. Like, we, you're on the range as much as I'm kind of, or more than I'm in the treatment room, but I'm in the treatment room with my guys that we've worked with together, and we're always kind of brainstorming and asking questions with different ways to get it done. And so to the point of how does your career evolve, I think it's one of those things we spend more time, or I spend more time with you guys than I do really around golf professionals because golf swings are golf swings, right? If you want to draw the ball, you want to fade the ball, you want to hit it low, you want to hit it high, those are shots. And we'll get into a little bit more of that shot-centric sort of mentality I now have, but I'm more interested in how do they move right. because what can we do based on how they move? How can we get them to move the way they need to consistently and so consistency is all about owning yourself taking ownership of this is my movement pattern if i can do this then this is what my basically skill set's going to look like from a golf standpoint yeah. and i think if you do it from that way as opposed to hey i'm trying to do this with a golf club you need the golf club to move in a way that accommodates your movement and you yeah. know, we always say like hey man he's not moving that well today you might find that this is an issue but you could do this as a, as a countermeasure. And so to me, that's like really useful. So I would say the consistency is all about the player understanding this is what they need to do. This is their maintenance. These are the things that make them them. And once they know that, then they have to really be the one that says, you know what, this is a priority to me. I need to make sure I can do that. And your body is your best piece of equipment. Like we kind of say it all the time, and it seems a little disingenuous, but it really is. If you're a tour player, you can't play golf if you can't, yeah. just can't swing the club. And I said yesterday, um, there's two times in a player's career, in my, or not in their career, but two times players are very receptive to change. 
when they're in a slump or when they're coming back from injury, both of those, you've taken away something from them that they were really good at right. or it's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like, oh shit, I got to get back to that. I don't. And they, they'll listen. And I think the golfer has to realize that if they can't move and they, they're not able to use their body, they, doesn't, they can't play golf. Yeah, and you know, you brought up, a, I think, a super important point uh, in that, top, uh, that last little segment that you just did where you talked about owning uh, what makes you great, right? So the one thing we hear so often, it doesn't matter if it's a junior, a collegiate player, a mini tour player, or you know, even literally guys who are number one in the world, where they're like, you know, I struggle hitting this shot at this golf course. And so, you know, Martin, Martin Keimer is a great example where he tried to overhaul his golf swing yeah. so he could hit certain shots at Augusta. This is like a world number one player. And when he tried to do something that wasn't, you know, kind of what his body set up to do, obviously we saw the performance drop and that happens all the time. Someone like a Chez who is so consistent, such a great player, but then you have players who are like him who then put in a massive emphasis on trying to gain three miles an hour, four miles an hour, and then all of a sudden they're not hitting fairways anymore. They're not hitting greens. They don't have the control of the distance that they once had. And now they've taken away the gift that they had and their performance suffers. So I think that's a really important point for anyone who's out there, whether you're, you know, a country club player, a junior player, or someone who's trying to be a really, really elite guy or girl is to own what makes you great and don't be worried about trying to be somebody else. Yeah, no, I think everyone has a superpower. If you're on the PGA Tour, you're really good at something or the LPGA Tour, even if it's the web.com court or if it's the Symmetra Tour, like you're an elite player, right? Right. So you've got to figure out what are the ingredients. So it's, yeah. I like analogies, so let's talk about food. So you can have really good Indian food, you can have really good Mexican food, you can have really good um, Asian food, like lots of different types of food. The thing is, the ingredients that go into those types of food may not necessarily, you may not make the same thing, same ingredients for Mexican food that you do for Asian food. Right. That doesn't mean that they're bad, but you have to realize I've got to stick with the ingredients that I have yep. to make the dish. Well, you're making the dish every time you go play golf. If you start messing around with the ingredients, yes, you can occasionally sprinkle in some different things, and sometimes it might make taste a little bit better, but you don't drastically change all the ingredients and like radically make something drastically different. It just doesn't work. And yep. so everybody compares themselves to their best. Right. So we talk about it all the time players hitting shots they judge every shot the barometer of a shot is the best shot they've ever hit with that club in a condition like it's always they're comparing to the best not their average and so when you're training you need to try and improve your average if your average is better than everybody else's you're going to be the best everybody looks at 2000 when tiger woods was the best player on the planet he destroyed everybody. Tiger did this. Tiger did that. Tiger had all these shots. Well, it's a freak of nature. It's just like yeah. it's like the unicorn that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yes. And so instead of trying to compare yourself to that, understand, look, Tiger was beaten by Wei Yang and he was taken all the way with, by Bob May. Those players were very kind of one-dimensional, but yeah. they they did something and they stuck with it. Yeah, right? They owned and it, And yeah. he was one of your clients. He was. So, so it's one, <laughs> together we actually work with Wai. Yes, so, absolutely. So it's one of those things where, you, you, look, 
be really good at what you do. And I think one of the advantages of working with players is knowing and seeing great players do it lots of different ways. They have lots of different ingredients, but as long as they stick with their ingredients and don't try and take them from somewhere else, they do great. Yeah. It's, it's knowing and loving yourself and being comfortable in your own skin. It's like you're never going to be perfect at everything, but you don't need to be perfect. You just need to be really good. And the areas you're really good at, keep them good chip away at the others but don't radically try and change yeah. what you do because you, you get to your point Martin Keimer your game can go everybody searches this sort of perfection and the reality don't need to be perfect you just need to be good enough yeah. and you need to understand the ways to do it the one thing I think is really cool now we have strokes gained so statistically we have benchmarking to where we can see where somebody gains and where somebody loses. Yeah. If there's an alarming hole, okay, well, this needs addressing. But you, very rarely are you going to um, radically improve something. You got, it's going to take time. It yeah. takes time to get better. Like, and, you, and you never know when it's going to change. But as long as you're chipping away at it while maintaining your strengths, you're fine. And I, I definitely think it's the identity as a player what you have is you need to really kind of realize that that's who I am and I'm comfortable with it. And the yeah. best players to me all seem to do that. They're comfortable in their own skin. The ones that struggle, the ones that are, are never happy, they're always comparing to their best. It's all like this paranoia. Like a healthy paranoia is good to, to, as a driver, but when it's like insecurity, that then their mental state, they tend to become very volatile. It just doesn't do well for playing golf. When you play golf, you want to be able to stand on that first tee and know I have the tools to basically handle anything I encounter as I once I start this round of golf. And that's I think the best players relish the challenge. They know what they can do. They don't try and do things that they're not good at. Yeah. And so they're, they're now they're never putting themselves behind the eight ball, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know that's a great point. Like think about you got Usain Bolt. Okay potentially the fastest human to ever walk <laughs> yeah. this planet he's never going to win a marathon it's just no. not going to happen and if he started training to be a marathon runner it would lead to years and years of frustration that's not who he is correct right um, but he's really amazing at running 100 meters amazing right and 200 he's yeah he's pretty good <laughs> yeah. at 200 yeah absolutely <laughs> you know very true and you know when you talked about Y yang i was leaving uh i was at hazel team and I was leaving, I was in the airport watching the fourth round, and I was the only person in the airport going for Y Yang. And when I'll never forget, and he he flushed it a couple times. I think he got away with a couple where he mishit it and it just ended up right next to the hole. But the whole crowd's like, oh, and I'm like, yes. You know? <laughs> yes. And then I remember on the par three, that tiger absolutely airmailed the green. They asked him later and they said, Hey, you know, did you just pick the wrong club? Or it's like, you know what? I hit that so pure, you just, you just can't plan to hit a club or hit a golf ball that pure. And I'm, that's just when it came out. And, you know, and the problem is, like he recognizes, you know, sometimes that's just what happens. But other players will hit it that pure, and then they expect it to be like that every time, yeah. which is what you talked about. And that's not reality. So, you know, we've, again, we've had lots of experience working with players. You do a ton of work with, you know, obviously TPI, your... KVS and different 3Ds, you do body track and all kinds of technology. Yep. You've been one of the people at the forefront of the technology, right? That was a big part of your world for a long period of time. Yep. And that's what formed the basis of a lot of your understanding, I'm sure, it came from TrackMan and all these different tools. Yeah, absolutely. But now, you know, that's very helpful in helping to figure out 
where players at, what their their skill sets are and their gifts are. But now, you know, that's not something that's your whole focus, right? You're seeing things a little differently moving forward in, in some of your coaching. Yeah, so I think that the technology is wonderful. Everybody talks about technology as, as things being complicated, but I say technology, it, it gives you information as to why and what's happening, but it also, from a biofeedback standpoint, it's extremely powerful to the student and expediting the learning curve. But I think you have to remember that we don't play golf in a very sterile environment, like controlled, like we have in a clinic, in the gym, or in a teaching center, right? Yeah. All straight lines. Golf is a such a random, variable game. You're never intentionally gonna hit the same shot consecutively. Like, if you've hit one out of bounds, you certainly don't wanna do the same thing again and hit it out of bounds no. again, right? So, <laughs> so it's the randomization of golf and the ability to hit any shot you need to at cool that, that really is, is the game. And so I kind of talk about when you start playing golf, you're, you're very much like what I call swing-centric, like you're learning a technique, right? Yeah. Then, then you kind of transition into what I call kind of shot-centric, you learn shots. But the, the ultimate of golf is score-centric, like everything is about scoring. So our players that we work with, everything is about the number they shoot. Yeah. And, and so my whole approach and philosophy now is, is very much focused on how do I get people to score better? Like, what are, the, what are the things that they need to do? And so if they don't have a shot, you've got two options. You either never let yourself be in a position that necessitates that shot, or you learn to hit that shot. Right. And so you, you're always talking about, you know, the, the, how fine movements are that realistically, you're never gonna repeat the exact same motor pattern again. It's not possible, right? Yeah. Let me talk about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, trying to have the same technique over and over again is, is really, pointless in terms of the variability of the game that we're actually trying to play so if you look at every other sport you're trying to train and condition the player for what they're going to do yeah well in golf you're going to play 18 36 54 72 holes and you've got to hit all these different shots and so i tell everyone the golfer that wins is the golfer that in their 14 clubs has mastery of the most number of shots. Now, you may only have a certain number of shots, but if you master them and you're really good at them, you can still be great. So the time I worked with Chad Campbell, Chad Campbell hits draws. Chad's fade is a push. It's not yeah. a fade, right? It might be like dead straight shot. Yeah, yeah. He's won tour championships. He's won lots of tournaments. He's played on tour for 20 years. A veteran, like really great player. Yeah. All time, one on the you know top 50 all time money. He does one thing. So in his golf club, his bag of sh he's got a certain number of shots, but he doesn't try and do something. He's not there trying to hit fades. Yeah. Like he's he's gonna do well with what he's got. Now in the perfect world, if you take Tiger Woods, two thousand, I use him just as an analogy of he was the best. His golf club, a bit like a Swiss Army knife, your golf club, right? It's got all these different attachments, but he probably had more shots than anybody ever. Right, absolutely. It was, and he wasn't overly technical. Now, he may have looked he'd like he was working on some stuff, but it was, he was athletic. He was very much in the flow, as, as the sports psychologists talk about. Like he, he, wasn't, he was playing the game. And so I've evolved to the point where I'm trying to get people to this score-centric mindset. 
everything I'm trying to do is, yes, you need to have basic techniques, but the more shots you can have and understand that the draw and the fade, the high and the low, they're going to be different and embrace that. And don't be scared of, oh, I need to have the same swing all the time. No, you don't. Now, the average untrained eye can't see that Adam Scott changes his setup or that Justin Rose adjusts his alignment, but they do, Yeah. right? To hit the different time. shots, they're not yeah. doing the same thing. And so once you understand that, look, hey, you need to have, you need to be able to hit this type of shot, this type of shot, and this type of shot. Okay, just master those three shots. Okay, now, as you get better, you can add more shots, but I'm trying way more for that approach with people because it's not it's less overwhelming too. And so yeah. it now gives them a chance to say, okay, you know, I can navigate the golf course with this. And the, the great thing about that is now they get an understanding of management and strategy because they're like, okay, well, I, I only have this. How do I navigate around to make that work? And, and, you know, the better you get, the more shots you have and the more shots that you have mastery of, the more opportunities you have and you can potentially be more aggressive. But, you know, we talk all the time on tour, don't short side yourself. Well, you can short side yourself if you've got a magical short game. Right, which some guys do. Absolutely. And they make so, a lot of money off of that. 100%. And yeah. So it's, again, knowing what, what you're really good at. But I've definitely taken all of the technology and the understanding of what makes certain shots happen and then being able to sort of dilute that down to some very simple concepts to say okay if you want to draw the ball here's the three things you need to do if you want to hit it really high hey here's the, th the things you need to do if you want to hit it five yards further on a shot well, here's what you need to do taking all the technology to just streamline and simplify because as you know when you're on tour it, you, players don't want complicated they're no. usually pretty irrational, quite volatile, frustrated when, uh, at times, and you have to give them something, a nugget, that's very simple. But it's taking all of the information that you've gotten to simulate over time and then being able to like piecemeal it and dumb it out to be, oh, okay, I, I can do that. Because under pressure, when the lights and the music are out, you, it's not can't be complicated it has to be athletic it's a game and it's all about can you score the lowest score until they change the game until they say well what it looks like the style points until that happens which we know yeah. won't it doesn't <laughs> matter it's all about the almighty score that you, you that you put down and i've definitely tried to to now get into that because that's your stroke average and how you score that that's what we get compensated on that's what their livelihood is derived from and i think actually focusing on what the real the the real crux of it is which is scoring is is definitely where i'm i'm going and, and i'm i'm trying to use that in our academy with our juniors with our members in birmingham and greystone and and with the players i'm coaching and it, and it's kind of refreshing to people they're like yeah that makes a lot of sense i hadn't necessarily thought about it that way because you get can get rid of a lot of the clutter right yeah yeah no question so you know one of the things that i feel that you're known for you know both with your work um with tpi but also on your own is is you know helping other coaches you're like kind of like a coach of a coach you know whether that's a trainer whether that's a, a golf professional you've had a, a major impact on how a lot of other coaches think and how they perceive working with an athlete and it doesn't matter you know when I talk about athletes I don't necessarily mean professional athletes every single person is an athlete if they're attempting to do something sure, athletic absolutely. right so moving forward right now in your career away from the golf course yep you know Again, that's something you've been doing for a long time. How, what do you see over the next couple of years? How are you going to uh, be working with other coaches? Are you going to be conducting any seminars? Are you going to be doing your own programming? What's, what's next for Mark Blackburn? Yeah, so I'm, I'm in the process. I've been sort of 
writing this book, which is, it's a coaching book. It's more of this sort of coaching codification from the first time you meet an athlete all the way to training for high performance. But I say a book, but it, it's this, um, a lot of work. Yeah. And so it's like, it, it's going along. But obviously, I'm always about trying to help other instructors. Um, certifications are very, very popular. Like I'm probably more transitioning to more of a mentorship type workshop, retreat type um, sort of environment to where it's one of those things where you go you learn you get some mentoring it's a lot more case study but helping other people like how do you see information how what's the approach you use and i think that the thing that i i really pride myself on is definitely being a very much a critical thinker like yeah. what what's the you know the holiday book the obstacle in the way like i'm trying to look at any opportunity of of how do you work around that how do how do you see that some things that appear as a negative what's the positive and what's the learning from that and what's the long term and i think that we're all very quick to try and have the solution immediately but the reality is that it's what causes problems and, and my people understanding that look got to dig, dig a little deeper we talk about this all the time is what's really causing that and then if i really want to have change and i want to create um, a, a positive experience what are the things I need to do and I think it takes a long time to assimilate all that information to where you can recant it and insert it into a situation at cool and younger coaches we got so much awesome information and so many of our peers you like yourself that put great content out but there's still no substitute for hands-on practical application and screwing stuff up and so if I can convey some of the screw-ups then I've had hundreds and hundreds of thousands yeah, as, as anyone time. has right if Absolutely. you can convey some of those and understand look this is the scenario but in reality this is what happens I think those are great ways and those are things that where you can really sort of leave your mark a little bit and help other people and that and that's my goal and in terms of taking the concepts of helping people towards high performance not just for golf but I, I look at that I could coach anyone to do a whole number of things because of the factors that go into creating it whatever the task is yeah. and so you can change the task for any sport or business but the processes are still the same and if you if you go over time at great coaches different sports the foundation the principles whether it's John Wooden whether it's Nick Saban yeah. you know they're all very very similar in terms of the process and the ingredients again that goes into it and so that's that's kind of where I'm going I see that that being my not legacy but more of where I'm directing because players the players are, are great and I love working for them and it's a, a really enjoyable process but helping other people that can actually take the information and then go help other people and yeah. so that to me is the, the that's really enjoyable and seeing other people actually grow as, as humans with the information you've given that to me is a, I really enjoy that like that process and to me that's a lot more meaningful and at the end of the day you, you want to do things that you're passionate about and meaningful and helping I love helping people we're in the people helping business right yes, so at the end of the day if that's your passion then you know the ways that you can do that are, are huge and so I, I see that that's my sort of that's my mission if you like and I definitely think see see my academies expanding and having more instructors and giving people the tools to be successful to help more golfers you know focus more on that sort of score centric approach to to performing better yeah so I think something that kind of goes with that you know we've touched upon this just a little bit but today's the young coaches of today yep right so they grew up not in the world of what you see is what you get right so when we first started there wasn't 
really great cameras. So you literally had to use your eyes to see yeah. what the player was doing. And then we've got cameras. And then we've got cameras with slow motion. And those one, I remember, was it uh, Casio, I think? Yeah, the first yeah. F1 or yeah. AXF. Yep. Those, I was mind-blowing, right? It was like unbelievable, wasn't things. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went from there to all these other technologies that we've already mentioned. And so, you know, we've kind of gone through and, and slowly worked our way through each of these technologies. But there's coaches out here now who, as soon as they started coaching, and for a lot of them, when they started playing, they already had access to this technology. And the, I, the one thing that I kind of see with a lot of these young coaches is that they reduce a player to numbers. Yeah. Right? So they start looking at the TrackMan data or 3D data, whatever they're using, and that player all of a sudden becomes not that an individual, but a series of numbers that they're trying to manipulate to create the numbers that they want, right? So they want a certain ball flight, they start looking at spin and different things on the TrackMan, and they want to kind of get them into this zone. Yeah. And that's the focus as opposed to the player. And as you said, like, the variability in golf, every single shot, you're, the ball's either above your feet, below your feet. You might be, you know, different things to look at visually. There's so many considerations, but when you're on a range and you're trying to fit somebody into these numbers, how much are you helping them to score better? How much are you getting them ready 100%. to play great golf? So you started talking about um, your next kind of feel of, of where you're going in golf is, you understand that information, Yep. but now you're trying to get people centered around how do I play golf, how do I score? How do you think, you know, I think the, the value of what you've done up to this point in your career, and you mentioned some of the mistakes that you've made, which we've all made, because that's yeah. part of the deal, right? Um, that, that potential to teach these young kids, these young coaches, right? I shouldn't call them kids, because some of them are as old as I am, but what, what they're doing now, I think, it's, it's this genera millennial generation where everything is reduced to technology. I think your input and one of the things that they can learn the most out of it from you is how to coach people, Yeah. right? How do you think that potentially could fit into an experience? So if I'm a young coach listening to this at home who might work with you know, some pretty good local players, but I'm all in on the technology, right? I, I've spent a lot of time learning it, but I want to come learn from you. Yep. Because you can't, like, as you said, uh, Experience is experience. That's what you learn from. So you have way more experience working with top players um, and grinding out with guys as they're developing. You've taken people from, you know, junior players, college players, all the way up to the elite level playing on tour. I want to come learn from you. You know, what do you think that would look like? How, how would you get someone who's in that place right now? How would you work with that coach in order to give them some feel of what it's like to actually coach an individual versus numbers? And I know that's a tough question maybe, but. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So I, I think that here's the one thing that the technology and the information, and you, you put it really well with the numbers. It's like when I see young coaches and instead of looking at what the golfer does and then seeing what the numbers are, they look at the numbers first and to determine whether that's good or bad. Right. And so, well, those numbers aren't very good. That, that's you, your path's too far to the left or your path's too far to the right. And, and I always say, well, hold on a minute. If they're able to execute what they're trying to do 80% of the time, then they're really damn consistent. Like They're really good. Yeah. The numbers are the numbers. So again, I, and I think that, that it's, it opens the eyes to um, younger coaches is that like the humanistic skills, the, the intangibles, if you like, those are 
are very, very important to coaching. Like I've made a lot of bad decisions. I, in hindsight, could I change certain things? Yes, but in the long run, I think they help you. And so yeah. I always tell people like, you, you need to watch great coaches, people that have success, but you need to watch them over a period of time. And so, you know, back in the day, people used to do apprenticeships. And they got kind of went by the wayside, but in reality, there's a reason for that because that's how you, when you, with you, you know, you're with somebody that's really good, someone that's a master, so to speak. Over time, you get to see a lot of those repetitious interactions with people, and you yeah. can learn from that how how to handle this, how to do that. And so, to your point, like, how, what does that look like? I mean, there's a concept that Lance Gill and Jason Glass and I are working on called the residency, which is a sort of it is, a, it is a workshop where people get to come in and they get to see hands-on where you, your clients are there and you see the interaction and it's very much case study driven and there's a lot of like interaction between the client and the student but then also between the, 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 uh, the attendees on why things happened, how they happened, here's, the, here's what's being done, here's why and, and those opportunities, those are things that I think um, are, are things where people can get, if you like, a view into how to how to deal with people but again it's there's a reason experts generally in coaching fields or medicine or anywhere that like lecturing unusually are they like very young they have experiences because you have more interactions and that's why like the average age of coaches on tour you know we've got some of us guys that are younger but it's an aging population in terms yeah. of because of the experiences and because you know when you when you do something foolish you learn now not to do it and you, you know mm -hmm. kids are changing people are changing most people are now look used to looking at a screen versus actually like interacting and those are skills that are important so yeah. being around great coaches i tell any young coach doesn't matter how much information you've got you're only as good as how you can deliver it absolutely yeah. and, and the best coaches don't necessarily have the best knowledge but they have the best delivery. And if you can really touch someone on the inside, push their buttons, as I call it, that's a great skill. Yeah. Sometimes that can be in a negative, sometimes it can be in a positive, but those are the attributes that you need to really help people and create change, is knowing how to motivate, knowing what to say and when not what to say, because you can have all the information in the world, but if you, don't, if you deliver it at the wrong time, it's irrelevant, it doesn't help. Yeah. And, and that's, that's things that the internet, technology companies that put out great content. I do a lot of stuff for creating content with companies in education, but they're all very much like informal. They're not actual applicable all the time to an individual situation. And you don't get that by anything other than experience. Yeah, no, and that, that kind of brings up two points for me. You know, it's the same in my field, it's the same in pretty much every field in athletic performance. You can be an amazing golf coach and really help a player excel on off weeks. You can be a coach that's just amazing at helping a player excel with their skill set, but doesn't mean you're going to be great during tournament weeks. Right. Because it's a different skill. 100%. Right? And then I think the second thing that goes to coaching in general, not just athletic coaching, but coaching in the workforce, uh, you know, coaching in the community, right, and not just athletes is we've lost the role of elders in our community. You know, so, so often we see uh, sort of a, an older person in our community, and back in the day they were extremely well respected, they yep. had the experience, all this kind of stuff went into it. And now, a lot of times, especially younger people, look at older people as if 
you know, they're done, they're not important anymore. And, and that's a big problem in our community because we've lost the ability to learn from people who have experience. And it doesn't mean they necessarily have all the knowledge, right? They might not have the, the knowledge of the technology that goes on today, but they know how to interact with people. Yep. They know what it takes to win if we're looking at golf or other athletics. That elder teaching, which Huge. I think is lost, which is, you talked about the mentorship programs. Yeah. Um, that's invaluable. Like you can't, you can't learn that from staring at a computer screen. That interaction with humans and the people who've gone through it and the experiences they have, I really think part of the problem, not just in athletics, but in just the population communities as a whole, is our lack of respect for the people who have lived it, the elder, the, the intangibles that go with that. You know, and I think you've got to remember when, when we get our cell phones, everything is instantaneous gratification. Can I have that app now? There's no desire for like long-term learning. People want stuff immediately. And so they, they just fail to see the value of you know, the journey. It's not the destination, but it's the journey. Yeah. It's like learning along the way and getting that information. And over time, you're, you know, we talked about it earlier, you, your vision of the way things are changes through experience. Yeah. You see things with a different lens, right? And so the, the, the tough part is people who've been there, done it, lived it, for a long period of time in different sports, different coaches, different fields, you can learn a lot from that because they've got so many more life experiences. I mean, you don't know what you know until you know, right? Absolutely. It's like one of those things where, man, I never even thought about that. And then and once you go through that, the other thing too that I think is huge is great coaches, great practitioners, no, no matter what field you're in, you're very calm. Like even in the storm, you're calm. Like you, because of the experiences you've had, right, right. you're like, okay, you know what? Okay, whilst this is stressful, this is difficult, we can navigate this, this is, this is very doable, but that only comes from experience through having been in that situation before, right. and that's very reassuring. So I know when I'm coaching younger players, they take a reassurance from the fact, that, oh, this guy's been doing this for a long time, he's had success with a lot of players, I can put my trust in him. And, and I think that's huge because that's what sets you apart. You can't just get that quickly. No, that's, absolutely. I mean, I know we have the 10,000 hour rule and all that, and, but the reality is there's a big difference between performing, doing something, and then actually coaching other people to do it. Like see one, do one, teach one, the medical model. Right. Like that's a little different to be actually just going and playing the game. But when you're trying to actually coach people to do it, you really have to have so many different experiences to really know how do you relate it to each individual. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, you might be able to hear a bit of noise in the background. It's in between uh, sessions here at the World Golf Fitness Summit. But uh, we're gonna have it in the show notes, but. Where, where is the most ideal place for someone to find out about you? Is it a website, email? Yeah, no, so uh, our website, blackburngolf.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as at blackburngolf. And that's the easiest way to get hold of me. You can DM me, you can email um, any questions. And like I say, we do about 12 to 18 events for TPI a year. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with Body Track, Golf Digest, Golf Magazine. And so like anybody wants help, I'm, I'm here to help. You get some more information about our residency and some of those other programs. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, we're in a world of sharing. We, we want to help young coaches, any coach. Um, so sharing is a way that we all grow and, and, and you get better information. So anything I can do to help anyone who wants to get better, hey, I'm all about it. And most of the time you end up learning from, from those folks that come to learn from Absolutely, you. And, yeah, that, and no that's question. the beautiful part about sharing. That's the best part of coaching. 
Anyway, this is uh, Dr. Craig Davies, joined again with a, a great episode with uh, my good friend Mark Blackburn, uh, live from the World Golf Fitness Summit here in Orlando. Thanks again, buddy. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Thanks, pal. Thanks. Bye. Injuries, headaches, back problems. We all experience physical pain in our lives, and the majority of that pain is caused by one thing, inflammation. At Luminos, we've created a safe, all-natural pain relief patch that directly targets pain instantly with no side effects. Just apply the Luminos patch directly to an area of pain. The relief can be felt in minutes and it will last all day. Go to Luminos.com right now and start living without pain today.